BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Right now. Darren. You know, Andre... DuPont, the old Philadelphia Flyer tough guy, was nicknamed Moose. And you being a tough guy. Right. But in hockey, when I was younger, another player came across the middle and made the most devastating check I've ever made in my life. Take off the helmet, and it's a girl. And so the coach laughed at a boy, Moose, just like the Moose. And I'm like, I have no idea who that is, right? The one sports show where roughing is encouraged. All right, good afternoon, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Rod Peterson Show here on a Wednesday morning from Saskatoon in the Delta Marriott Downtown Hotel in Saskatoon. Rod Peterson is away. He's, I believe, on the road to Red Deer. If he's not in Red Deer already, uh, he's got some speaking engagements, going to be connecting with the kids and uh, the folks in Red Deer. So he's off today, and I'm in the driver's seat today. So welcome, and uh, let's go. Lots happening on the program today. A very busy day. Uh, Taylor Shire will be with us in just a few moments. There he is. Uh, Good morning, Taylor. Now of the Regina Leader Post. So congratulations on the uh, the new position. Thank you. Uh, yeah, week one here at the Leader Post. Uh, it's an exciting time to to join and get back on the rider beat. Uh, of course, the draft is coming up next week, and then training camp before we know it in the CFL. Awesome. So plenty of CFL talk we'll get to coming up this morning. We'll get the full update, what's going on there. It was a great night in Saskatoon last night, Game 7. I drove up to get to the Western Hockey League uh, Eastern Conference Semi, Game 7. Saskatoon Blades, Red Deer Rebels, the Blades won. They're off to the Eastern Conference Final, and they're going to take on the Winnipeg Ice starting Friday night in Winnipeg. So the voice of the Blades, Les Lazarus, will be alongside in Hour 2. Also in Hour 2, Jared Dumble will be by talking NHL playoffs. And later on in Hour 1, if you're following along, uh, Jim Mullen, President of Football Canada, will be with us. We're going to get into the SFU situation. Find out what's the latest there and any chance that SFU um, is going to play football this year. The Canada West just released their schedule uh, yesterday. It does not include SFU on the schedule. So that's not happening. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see uh, where things are at with the program. But uh, Taylor's here. Uh, number to reach the program, 902-518-3033. The text line is open. We'll say good morning to everybody in the YouTube chat. Um, we'll get to all your comments here. In a moment, there is the text line. And uh, Clark, we still need a daily poll question. And so we'll get to that in a second. But last night, the Edmonton Oilers were on the ice, taking on the LA Kings. It was a big night for the Oilers. They finally broke open. 6-3 win over the Kings. 
Did we lose Taylor for a second? Is that what happened? Guys, anybody there? Okay, they'll get that sorted out and uh, get Taylor Shire all logged back in. Uh, last night in the NHL, um, it was the Edmonton Oilers. A 6-3 win over the LA Kings. What's up, Clark? Ah, Taylor's just resetting. We're still good to go. Uh, that's all that matters. Um, Stuart Skinner, bounce back game, I guess. 28 sa- uh, shots, three goals against, uh, 25 saves. So still a sub-900 save percentage for Stuart Skinner. But we talked about this earlier in the week. What would the Oilers do with their goaltending situation? Would it be Jack Campbell who saved the day and got them the win? Or would it be Stuart Skinner? They went back to Stuart Skinner. He was good. Jonas Corposalo, not so great. Um, just 15 saves for Corposalo, allowing four goals in that game. Um, I mean, the Oilers, that was the game they probably needed. I mean, just looking back up and down their lineup here, uh, two goals from Nick Bugstad, um, you know, the Nuge, um, picked up an assist. He was a plus two. I thought he was good. The usual suspects like McDavid picked up a couple assists. Drysidel another goal. Um, but it was the Oilers six three. Did we got Taylor back in, or we'd lose him again? There he is. Awesome. So I'm not sure how much you heard about that, but the Oilers last night. I don't know how much you're following this series, but for me, this has been the most entertaining series in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, and. Last night's game was kind of like an exhale for the Oilers fans that, okay, we feel like we've been outplaying L.A. We've been outplaying L.A. Somehow these games have gone to overtime, and now we finally just put an exclamation on this and won somewhat comfortably 6-3, right? Yeah, and for them to go back to Stuart Skinner and give him the start, I mean, that it just gives him so much confidence because if you don't start him in that game, it's, you know, his confidence is shot and, who knows what that means for the next year and the year after and the year after. But the fact that they went back to him, uh, I think it shows that he's their guy and they're going to ride with him. And obviously he'll have a short leash because they do have a decent second option in Campbell. But uh, I really like the call to go back to Skinner because I think he is the future of this team. Um, and there was times in that game where McDavid just kind of took over. Uh, I think it was the second goal where he just was kind of dancing around the end zone and, and set up dry sidle in front. Um, However, when you look at the stat, I was looking at the stats this morning. The Oilers won 6-3. McDavid was minus two. No LA figure player was out. minus two. So, yeah, figure that out. He was on for one power play. Like you said, he had two assists, but uh, one of those. Well, and just roll. Goal, but yeah. It's, just, it's mean, just kind of a crazy stat. And it, I mean, the plus minus people will be like, well, you know, the plus minus is a, an arbitrary stat in, in most cases. And I think last night was an example of that. Yeah, it, absolutely. It, you're right. The stats have advanced. But uh, Darnell Nurse was the first star last night with a couple of assists. Um, you know, Zach Hyman chipped in with another goal. Um, you know, the Oilers, again, face. two for three on the power play. And they were disciplined. I mean, what do I see? The Kings, right, just the one power play chance last night. I think that was really key for Edmonton, too. Yeah, and I think Edmonton, they're still... I don't know if they have what it takes to to win the Stanley Cup this year. They're, I think Ekholm has just been the absolute answer for them on the blue line, but I think he needs more of a supporting cast because they still have 
younger defensemen. I mean, Bouchard and Nurse are playing well, but they're not that, I don't know what to call it. Uh, they're not that Ekholm type of player. Um, I'm a Habs fan, so I think back to a couple of years when the Habs had, you know, the Shea Weber, Ben Sherratt, those kind of guys where you could just yeah. ride them for 30 minutes and they would play a heavy, heavy game. And, and that's what got them to the cup final. Um, and, and obviously the game has changed a little bit in the last couple of years uh, with more speed and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I, I still, I think Edmonton will get by LA, but I think they'll have a tough time uh, getting out of the next round. Well, that's one of my questions, right, is how far can this Oiler team go? And, you know, with Stuart Skinner coming back in, he wasn't all that busy. I mean, early on he was, but you look at, you know, 16 shots through the final two periods um, that he faced, still allowed three goals, a sub-900 save percentage. If those things matter, um, is that, do you see that catching up to the Oilers a little bit? Because when I saw them well, play they... the Kings in L.A. late in the season, I thought defensively this team had gotten a lot better. They're playing the neutral zone was really good. They were starting to really, you know, shore things up defensively. And I thought if they get a couple of key saves, maybe they've solved their problems. But have we have we seen those problems just reappear here in round one? If they can score six goals every night, I think they'll have a good <laughs> chance to win. Um, if they keep that going, and I mean, I hope so. With David and Dry Settled Company, and that would obviously make for some entertaining hockey. But uh, they're not going to win many two-one games, or even you know three-two games, or one-nothing games. So they're going to have to score. You know, maybe their magic number is four. Uh, if they can score more than four goals uh, in the majority of the games, then they'll obviously have a good chance. But uh, when it dries up, or when when the next team maybe plays them a little bit tighter, I mean, LA is a pretty tight team to play against, especially with Phil Deneau, uh going up against McDavid, but. Um, so whoever they match up against next, if they get past LA, uh, if they play them tighter, they're going to have a tough time, uh, you know, scoring four to five goals a game and, and getting those wins. Yeah. Um, in Carolina, it was Pierre Engvall and Brock Nelson, each with a goal and an assist. Uh, Elias Sorokin made 34 saves. The Islanders uh, staved off elimination, 3-2 win over the Hurricanes. Um I have Carolina as a Stanley Cup team. I, I picked them at the beginning of the season. I had Carolina and Colorado reaching the Cup final. I still think Carolina is going to finish off this series. But these Islanders, you come down the stretch, they had to knock off Pittsburgh to get into the playoffs to beat out you know, Crosby, Melk, and Latang for the final playoff spot. And now they're giving the Hurricanes a run. Did you see this coming? Well, I did because they got Barzal back. And, and I mean, he's still adjusting him he missed what half the season so he's still getting his feet back under him but he's such a huge addition to that team uh i did have carolina as well just based on their their play this year but also their re recent playoff history uh they've made a few good runs the last couple of years so i had them to win but i kind of expected it to go the distance i still think it will go right down to the wire in a seventh game um but I still think the the Canes will win based on just based on kind of their depth and their skill. Even you know now they're missing what Teravine and Sveshnikov earlier and Pacioretty. So I mean that's three players at the start of the year where you know that would easily make them a cup favorite if they had those three in the lineup. But I still think they'll get by the Islanders. They talk about injuries, and we'll talk about the Jets. I think in the next segment a little bit because they're dealing with a ton of injuries, and now their backs against the wall, you know, facing elimination. But uh, the other game last night was Dallas over Minnesota, four nothing. Sagan was good last night. I thought um, goal and an assist in that one. Uh, Rupe hints, yeah, three assists, 
Um, and Jake Ottinger, 27 saves. Dallas maybe rolling a little bit now after kind of stumbling their way through the first four games. They've got a 3-2 series lead. You know what? Dallas was or, or is my, uh, my Stanley Cup finalist uh, that I had picked earlier to, before the playoffs. I think I even mentioned it when Roddy had me on the show a couple months yeah. ago. I really liked Dallas. Uh, I, I picked Dallas and Boston uh, to be in the Cup final. Uh, way back in maybe February, and I still have them. I, I still think those two teams will be in the Cup final, just based on you know Jake Ottinger's play, and um, it, you know it takes a good goalie to win a cup and, and get that far. So if they can keep riding him and keep getting point production from Hints and and Ben, and I mean Robertson, he probably only has four or five points. He he hasn't racked up the points, so if he can get going a little bit more, uh, they're going to be a tough out. And yeah, I, I think they'll get by. Get by. They'll get by Minnesota, although they've played them a lot tougher than, than I originally thought. Minnesota's tough. Minnesota's tough, but a 3-2, yeah. yeah. This Dallas team, I think if Ottinger can continue to play well and get hot, they should be able to close this series out. But they got to go back to Minnesota for Game 6 before coming home for Game 7. Uh, mentioned it's a qu- somewhat quiet night in the National Hockey League playoffs. we got the extra day off for um, both the Leafs and the Jets. The Jets facing elimination against the Vegas Golden Knights. Meanwhile, the Leafs trying to finish off the Tampa Bay Lightning. you got to wait till Thursday to get both of those games. This is the extra day off between the two games. So just a pair of games in the National Hockey League tonight. The Florida Panthers will try and stave off elimination on the road in Boston. That Series 3-1 Bruins. And uh, maybe the surprise of the first round. I don't know. Colorado-Seattle. It's tied at two. Jordan Everly was the OT hero, and Rod loved to see that as, as Eb's a good friend of Rod's and picking up the OT winner. Did you see? I mean, Seattle had a great regular season and played really well, but did, did you see them pushing Colorado as much as they have? Well, it's almost like shades of Vegas when they first came into the league, right? They're, uh, you know, nobody's betting on them. Everybody's counting them out already, and I bet you they use that as motivation, a bunch of whatever you want to call them, misfits and castaways <laughs> from other teams that kind of join forces. It's like that, you know, Hollywood movie type of thing like we saw Vegas uh, in their first year. So, no, I did not. I, I'll, I'll admit I did not have uh, Seattle, you know, winning two games or how many ever, you know. I, I didn't expect this series to be closer because Colorado is so good or, or has been so good. I, I don't think they're even close to the level they were at last year. I think they've fallen off quite a bit. They're still a decent team, and I still think they will eventually get by Seattle in this series. But yeah, it was it was kind of nice to see from a from a local perspective to see Eberly and Schwartz and you know all those local kids uh, doing so well over over in Seattle. Yeah, it's it's fun watching those guys do their thing. No doubt. Look, um, I know we're going to get close to the break here, and. We want to get more into this series because your background in officiating, um, as Rod calls you, the director of officiating around here, I want to talk about Kale McCarr, a little bit about these playoffs. Um, that's a tough one. McCarr suspended one game um, for the hit on Jared McCann. It was a five-minute major on the ice. They reviewed it, turned it into two minutes, but then had the hearing, turns into a one-game suspension. So I want to talk about that um, on the other side of the break. We'll also talk... Flip to football. We'll talk a little CFL. Get your outlook on the riders as we head into camp and all the rest. Um, Clark, we're okay to break here. 
Awesome. So we're going to do that. We'll step aside. We'll come back with more Taylor Shire here on the Rod Peterson Show. You're watching on Game Plus Television, YouTube Live, and you're listening wherever you get your podcasts. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. PlayNow.com is Saskatchewan's only legal gambling site. A site with hundreds of slot games, your favorite live table games, and the PlayNow Sportsbook. Head over to www.playnow.com slash rpshow to claim your $50 casino reward. That's www.playnow.com slash rpshow for your $50 casino reward. PlayNow.com 19 plus, use your game sense. Hey, honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Hey, welcome back to the Rod Peterson Show today, live from the Delta Marriott downtown Saskatoon. Because it was Game 7 last night in the Western Hockey League's Eastern Conference semifinal. Saskatoon Blades knocking off the Red Deer Rebels 5-2, to two, and that was fun. A little history, Blades have not been to the conference finals. I think it's the early 90s, 93, 94. So that's going to be a lot of fun. I want to get into the YouTube chat here and just say hello and good morning to everybody. Rod checking in from on the road. So, hey, RP, drive safe. Have fun in Red Deer today. We'll lock this down for the day and then uh, welcome you back in tomorrow. Uh, Jason in Red Deer says, good morning. What a game last night. Evander Kane was a man possessed. Yes. The Oilers need him rolling for sure. Carlos is watching. Good morning. Good morning to Monty. Yes, go Blades, go Monty. I know that's exciting. Good to see everybody at the game last night. Uh, John Ohm is here. Um, Rich Robertson is in the building. So a lot of people checking in this morning. Uh, Jen is here as well. A big Oiler fan, so she's happy here on this Wednesday. Um, Really great stuff. So get your comments in. Yes, we're going to talk about the CFL a little bit here. Uh, we're going to talk about the uh, the preseason games that are that TSN is choosing not to uh, broadcast as well. Uh, text line is open, 902-518-3033. And we have a poll question. Clark, you can bring in uh, Taylor. Uh, Taylor Shire joining us from the Regina Leader Post this morning for the first two segments. Um, poll question is this, Taylor, as we stick to hockey, and we'll get to the McCarr thing in a second. Uh, I want to get to the Riders and the CFL preseason right around the corner. But the poll question, I just tweeted it out, Clark, 
Uh, it's for uh, Key Auto Group. It's what's more likely, the Leafs blow the 3-1 series lead or the Jets erase the 3-1 series deficit? Early thoughts on the poll? What do I want to say more? <laughs> what? Yeah, what do you want to see? I'm not but a also, what's fan. more likely? I'm a, I'm a I mean, is a yeah, exactly. Uh, I would love to see the Leafs blow this lead. Uh, I don't think that'll happen. Um, Spicy. I, you know, I don't. I don't see the. I don't see the Jets coming back <laughs> either, especially without Morrissey. I mean, I would give They're equal odds up. to both. Okay. Right in the middle. Okay. I can't. Right I can't now see on. Either, so. <laughs> Uh, on Twitter, 89% are saying the Leafs will blow the 3-1 lead. It's very early. It's only been posted up for about five minutes. Oh. See, we and we point to that Montreal series, right? I, mean, I say we. Clark and I are Leaf fans, not closet Leaf fans. But we're, out, we're, we're Leaf fans. We're out. Um, so, you know, we're not that comfortable going into game, uh, game five. But... Uh, Jets and Golden Knights tomorrow, Leafs and Lightning tomorrow as well. So that should be uh, a lot of fun. Look, Kale McCarr, I want to talk about this. Um, They called it a five-minute major on the ice. They reviewed it. They brought it down to two minutes. What did you see on the play uh, when you first watched it, when you watched the replays? What was your assessment as as an official? Easy five-minute penalty. He lets him shoot, and then he gives him a little bit of of a bump in the back, and then they take three or four strides, they turn, and then he completely levels him and hammers him into the boards. I think the... I'm surprised. It's bad optics that they reviewed it and brought it down to a two. I don't know who had the call on that, and I don't know if they're going to be reprimanded for that because it was clearly a five-minute penalty. I think the one thing that people are hung up on is that it was Kale McCarr. If it was a Mm fourth-line player doing that, there would be no debate that it would be a, you know, a major penalty and a, uh, a suspension. I just think a lot of the times we see these superstars and these top players avoid suspension and avoid those, you know, um, major penalties because they're the superstar players. I don't know how much of that goes into who decides uh, when they do review it, but I think that's yeah. the one thing is like, oh wow, Kale McCarr is suspended and it's not you know, some fourth line player that won't make that much of a difference in one game. Yeah, it, it, it definitely is different. When I see it, and I, and I wasn't watching that game live at that point, but the puck gets shot, and we see the puck go up, and it looked like it might be tracking you know, into that corner, so you're kind of waiting for the loose puck to come out of the, and, and you bump. It didn't look that egregious at the time, but you got a player who's hurt. Now they're probably not going to get McCann back in the series, maybe longer. Um it is a tough look, and you're right because it is Kale McCarr. I've always, and I'd like your thoughts on this. I've always thought, you know, the suspensions and stuff, like it's called supplemental discipline, right? So I, I feel like it is when it's not taken care of on the ice, you got to add extra discipline or take care of it after the game. So and sometimes, I personally, yeah, sometimes that that happens. Yeah, like I think the fact that it was just a two minute call on the ice made it more likely that he got suspended. I think if he would have you know, been handed a five-minute major on the ice, that might have been all they needed to do, right? The Avs might have been penalized enough. Maybe Seattle scores, right? And he serves the crime. But because it was just two minutes, I feel like they thought that wasn't enough and you got to give him a game. Or am I completely out to lunch in how I see supplemental discipline in certain cases? 
No, you're bang on. And I think that does happen a lot of the time where whoever reviewed it and said it was two minutes, they obviously figured that wasn't enough. So they're going to make him miss a game. And whether it was, like you said, the current game that he was playing in, he should have missed that game, but he didn't. So now he's going to miss the next game because of that. Yeah, you're, you're bang on that. And that, that probably does happen on a regular basis. So what's the overall assessment of officiating in the playoffs so far? Because for me, that's been maybe the biggest talking point. I'm not saying it's my biggest thing that I talk about because I don't. But when, we, when we're on the show and the comments come into, this, into the YouTube chat or on the text line or you know, you're, you're scrolling Twitter, it feels like, and maybe it's just me, but it feels like this has been the loudest the fans have been in opposition to the refs, if that makes sense. Like, I, I don't feel like yeah. there's been this much controversy. I agree, and I think it's partly due to the social media and everybody having an opinion and everybody slowing things down and everybody getting upset about their team and a call against their team where a few years ago, you know, even six, seven, ten years ago, we would just enjoy the games for what they are and understand that officials aren't perfect and they're going to make mistakes. And one call is going to go against your team and the other, other call is going to go against the other team and the high stick call where it maybe touches the blade of the stick won't get looked at a million times from a million different angles in, you know, frame by frame. I just think we're, you know, as a, as a hockey fan base, we're all just scrutinizing them way too much. Um, we're not letting the, the game just play out. Everything is being reviewed and looked at. And, and the natural celebrations of any goal, you almost have to be like, oh, was he offside? Or, oh, was it a high stick? You almost have to, even the overtime, right? There's yeah. celebrations don't quite happen. They're kind of premature because, oh, they're going to go review it or they're going to challenge it. So uh, I, I just think everything has been just under the microscope. And uh, it's not overly fair to officials because. They see it in the moment, uh, 100 miles an hour or however fast, and, and at home we can sit on our couch and rewind it frame by frame and, and watch 10 different replays and whatnot. So uh, being an official for 20-some years, I totally get the tough spot that, that an official is in during a hockey game. And um, yeah, to have that review and to have the armchair referee at home with his, with his phone or his or her phone on Twitter complaining about their team, that's just the way we're, we're living in now. Yeah, totally. I mean, this isn't new. Complaining about officials is is, is not new. Uh, people just have an outlet to, to do it instantaneously. You don't have to write a letter to the editor and wait for the next day or the next week's newspaper to come out before your thoughts uh, on the uh, on the refs get out there. So, no, absolutely. This is just part of the game now and part of uh, the new world we live in. Um, they're wondering if they saw Will Ferrell at the Oilers game last night. Um, big fans. Has anybody see? Uh, fake Will Ferrell at the Oilers game last night. And uh, Jeff, the Stamps fan, says he saw a poster of Will Ferrell, he thinks. So there you go. Um, you don't need to answer this. I mean, you can. Swerve wants to um, ask Mr. Referees, talking about you, Taylor, about the Felino bang-bang um, leg penalty. Did you see that one? Not enough to comment on it right now, so I'll, I'll pass on that. I'll have to look it up, though. Yeah. We've turned this into to ask the referee, but I want to. I saw it, but uh, I didn't slow it down. Yeah, I know it just didn't seem like much, and I mean, we don't always see what the refs see too, right? And sometimes they have a different angle, and um, 
situation, but you know what? You got to move on. You get, can't get hung up on things that happened in the last game, especially in the playoffs. You got to look forward. You got to move forward. So <clears throat> not a lot of point in looking back at that one right now. If you're Felino or if you're in that series, Dallas, Minnesota, but um, yeah, exciting times for you at the leader post. Uh, um, how much, I mean, with your first official week, you, I want to say miss the Bedard train, but you didn't miss the Bedard train. You're in that city. You're around that, you know, that team. You're around that, you know, all the hype around it. What was it like from your perspective? How much of it did you actually get to experience? And uh, yeah, what was that like? I mean, it was nice to, I mean, I covered his first two seasons here. Uh, and of course the bubble as well. It was kind of nice to be a fan this last year and, went to a couple games, took my kids to a couple, took my nephews to a couple. Just nice to be in the seats and and feel that buzz that was around him. And it was, I mean, it was basically, you know, everything was Bedard focused. All the, every kid was waiting till Bedard touched the puck. And I mean, not every kid, but every adult as well. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. There was just this incredible buzz around him and uh, it was fun to watch. Too bad they didn't beat the Blades, though. Uh, that would have been nice to, to see them keep going in the playoffs. Um, but Saskatoon, I mean, such a good all-around team. And Regina, I, I said to somebody, Regina had the better player, Saskatoon had the better team, and that was the difference in that series. But, yeah, just a treat to to watch Connor in his junior hockey career. Um, excited to see where he'll go. Don't quite know yet. Obviously, the lottery's coming up soon. Uh, I would like him to go to a good place where i'll have uh, some good structure and good support um but you know, good place with a rich history traditions and winning and you know crazy so fan base is that what you're getting at wouldn't that be nice hey if he went to montreal <laughs> that would be something oh, no. that would be something chance. what is it may hey you're saying there's a chance may 8th is the draft lottery I can, see, I could talk about this all day, and, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but you know, where should he go? What market should he be in? And I'm a big fan of, like, look at, let's put him in a market that needs him. You know, I mean, Montreal, do they really need Bedard? I mean, sure, put the team back and, and win, a, win a cup, but that team is very successful, right? You know, does he need to go to Chicago? They just had the great, a great stretch that teams really don't get treated to with Taves and Kane and the Stanley Cups and Duncan Keith and Seabrook and all that. They don't need them. You know, I look at some of the other organizations. I mean, Columbus has not had a lot of success, so okay, that would be cool, but it's the market's not that crazy. We haven't seen a lot of passion from that market, although um, inside the market, I'm sure it's outstanding. Um, so I wonder if he'd get lost there. To me, the two, I just keep coming back to San Jose and Arizona as the two markets for me. Anaheim would be interesting to watch him play with Zegris. But, you know, I think Bedard's maybe the only thing that could save hockey in the desert. You know, if he goes there, you create a little buzz. Maybe Matthews goes in free agency and all of a sudden Arizona's a place, right? It's a long shot, but it could happen. And then San Jose, they've gotten close a lot of times in the Marlowe Thornton years. Um, You know, maybe this could get them over the hump. They've been around a little while, so... For me, those are the two teams. So if it's not Montreal, where would you like to see him go? Anaheim. Uh, I would like to see him go to Vancouver. Um, but ah, Yeah, Vancouver would be good. That would, that would just be the, the Cinderella story. There would be way too much pressure on him. But that would be the only negative part. 
Um, but for, you know, the hometown kid to go back to Vancouver, uh, I think that would be just a storybook uh, for him. Um, but the pressure yeah. with that, I think, would be, ugh, I don't know, I wouldn't want to put that on, on the kid. Uh, I could totally see Anaheim and, and, you know, they got a bunch of young young players that uh, would make them a cup contender in two to three years, right? Yeah, uh, maybe faster. Those young kids, they're going to take a yeah. big step forward next year. And Bedard in the mix would be crazy. Look, let's talk football. We only got you for a couple more minutes here. Um, first week on the job, how much have you dived in to this Riders team? What the outlook looks like? Trevor Harris is the quarterback. I'm going to be um, hosting the Regina Rams dinner tomorrow night in Regina. Trevor Harris will be there, so I'll get a chance to, to chat with him and visit and catch up and, and get a, a sense of where he's at heading into the season. But how much have you looked at the outlook? Because we're only a few weeks away from training camp. Yeah, I've started to dive into to what this team will look like, uh, working on a couple of different features for leaderpost.com. A bit of a plug there. Um, but yeah, training camp will start and it's going to look a whole lot different. Obviously, uh, the coach will be the same with, with Dickie, but the, the whole offense is going to see a totally different dynamic. Not only the quarterback, but the, all the receivers have changed, basically. Right? Like uh, Jack yeah. Evans, Duke Williams, Kyron Moore are all gone. And, and obviously, Cody Fajardo. So the offense and the leaders are going to be all brand new. Um, the offensive line obviously needs a little bit of work. So it's going to be a total rehaul of the offense we have a new offensive coordinator as well so who's going to step up who's going to be that leader obviously trevor harris is the the guy that everyone's going to look at to lead the team yeah and um, he's got a proven track record and he can be that guy so can he get everybody on the same page and and get rolling uh, early on that'll be definitely the the main storyline to watch as training camp begins it will be fun to watch, no doubt, and I'm sure it'll be a treat for you to follow. Uh, training camp uh, here in Saskatoon gets underway in just a few weeks' time. Taylor, I appreciate you jumping in this morning. Um, congratulations on the new job uh, and all the success. Hope everything's well with you, and I'm sure we'll be in touch soon. Thanks for having me, Dupes. Have a good rest of your day. Awesome. Taylor Shire from the Regina Leader Post with us this morning. Um, Let's update that poll question really quickly. The poll question is for Key Auto Group. Key Auto is the largest selection of quality new and pre-owned vehicles in the Parkland area. Cars, trucks, SUV. Your journey begins at keyautogroup.ca. The poll today, what's more likely? The Leafs blow a 3-1 lead or the Jets erase the 3-1 deficit? 72% now going with the Leafs blowing the two-goal lead. That is somewhat predictable we are live from the delta hotels by marriott downtown saskatoon jim mullen the president of football canada is in next we're going to get the latest on what's going on with sfu and their football program at the canada west releasing their schedule yesterday so we'll talk about that all the other great things happening with football in our great country with jim mullen on the other side it's the rod peterson show here today from saskatoon on game plus tv we're streaming live on youtube we're on the radio at atlanta and you're listening wherever you get your podcasts apple spotify stitcher and more to youtube.com slash the rod peterson show now you gotta subscribe click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed are you tired of overspending on your purchases say hello to local deals available on the my sask 411 app which brings you amazing deals and offers right at your fingertips 
With a few taps, you can save big on your next shopping spree, from dining to clothing. MySask411 has discounts for all your needs. Download the MySask411 app and start saving today. Send us your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now, back to your host, Rod Peterson. Hey, welcome back to the Rod Peterson Show. Darren DuPont with you here on a beautiful Wednesday afternoon. At least it is across most of the prairies. That's where we're located today. We're in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. We were checking out the Saskatoon Blades Red Deer Rebels Game 7 last night. And we're live here from the Delta Marriott uh, downtown Saskatoon Hotel. Beautiful spot, great hospitality. So thank you, Delta Saskatoon, for, uh, for hosting us here today. Um, the text line's open, 902-518-3033. We're going to update that. We're going to check in with the YouTube comments, and we'll update the daily poll. But let's bring in our next guest. Jim Mullen is with us, the president of Football Canada. It's always great to see you, Jim. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, out at the Hacienda here on Bowen Island. <laughs> uh, uh, folks may not um, uh, remember this, but Two Vanier Cups ago, Darren was my guest to watch the Vanier Cup here on on Bowen Island. So I appreciate you. It was awesome. Well, you were, it was uh, tremendous hospitality. Uh, have to make it out there again. Actually, maybe we need to plan for August. I don't know if you're going to be around here, but something tells me, and we'll have a conversation off the air. I'll probably call you at some point um, around the CP Women's Open. Planning on being out there on the coast. Uh, at the Shaughnessy Club uh, for the CP Women's Open, so maybe uh, make the trip across the ferry to, to Bowen Island. We'll catch up. Um, but, hey, lots going on today, um, and actually more going on yesterday with the uh, Save the Program, the, uh, the fundraiser, the one day uh, going on till midnight last night. Um, tell us about that, and then we'll get a full update on, on the full SFU situation. Yeah, 800 pledges, over $700,000 raised yesterday for uh, for a uh, Canadian university football program. Uh, we were more than impressed, and, you know, it helps with the uh, backing of uh, an individual like Amar Doman, who has really stepped up as a, as a leader in this community, not just as a CFL owner, uh, leading the football community and, and rallying and throwing his time, effort, energy and money behind this uh, effort to restore Simon Fraser football through uh, what has been a three weeks that has been nothing but a constant roller coaster ride. Uh, this is something that there's a dedicated group behind the scenes. It's taking up every waking moment and hour of, of, of our lives right now. For me, it's about a 14 hour a day thing, uh, throwing some of the resources of uh, Football Canada into. Uh, essentially defend uh, one of our 28 uh, high-performance teams at the university level. And uh, and so far, so good in terms of winning the court of public opinion. Uh, I yeah. think the real date that's coming up is May the 3rd uh, when we go to uh, face the university uh, in our injunction process. Yeah, so... Lay it out for me. What are the options that are sitting here for the school and those players? Um, I mean, overall, we're trying to save the program, but we're talking about, you know, spring camps, but we're talking about camps in August, a football season 
this fall. Um, you know, one of the options that, you know, we, we were hearing, and especially on social media, was a plea to the Canada West. Their schedule came out yesterday. It does not include SFU on it. So what options are there for these players when it comes to potentially playing football this fall? First of all, I think the group that's uh, supporting a return for SFU football uh, never looked at Canada West as a 2023 option. They knew that there was going to be um, work that needed to be done with Canada West and eventually U Sports over over three months, eight months, maybe even a year to make that 2024 season uh, possible. Uh, there are two options uh, for uh, Simon Fraser moving forward. One is to go back to the Lone Star Conference. There was a schedule drafted up with Simon Fraser in it that was ready to go for 2023. Um, the university, uh, by the way, said money wasn't an issue and there's 95 players on the roster. So those two things are taken care of. There was a schedule at the Lone Star Conference. Uh, if uh, with this time expired over this last month, uh, if that's not a possibility, uh, there's been work done uh, behind the scenes and it will be in court filings that there is a non-conference schedule that's been put together of nine games. Five teams from Canada, four teams from the United States. Uh, this would include a, an opening game at the, the defending Vanier Cup champion, Laval Rouge, or uh, uh, for example, there would be stops in every conference in one way or another. This would conclude with a game against UBC, the Shrum Bowl at BC Place Stadium. And uh, considering some of the buzz that's gone on around this story, it's been relentless in this market, by the way. Yeah, I, I don't know how the university can take this many reputation hits daily in the, in the news cycle. Uh, but uh, as you hear here, the phone's going off here again. Um, the um, uh, you know there there's there's momentum behind this uh, uh, story, and there's a path for them to play in 2023. So if the money's there, the team's there, the schedule's there, what's the problem? That's my question, and my next question is, you know, I've it's a wild when I watch press conferences or you know, video clips, or when they address the athletes themselves, how it, it felt like, and I, and, I, and I don't mean to be disrespectful to anybody, Jim, I really don't, but it felt like, you know, um, you know, the cowboy Woody, right? Buzz Lightyear and Toy Story, when you pull the string and you got six programmed responses that come out at the other end, that's what it felt like. like there's no answers to the questions. So I'll ask you, like, what prompted the decision? Why... Why are we here? We don't know, uh, essentially. And I know the university has said they were worried about the student experience and uh, they were uh, worried about the student athletes moving on to their, to their next football chapter. Well, I can tell you two things. In terms of the student experience, nobody ever asked the students. They want to come back and play football. In terms right. of those options for these student athletes who are on scholarship right now, all the scholarship money in the recruiting cycle is used up. At least ninety percent of it is. So for those uh, individuals that that need to move from SFU to another program, those options aren't there. This was not well conceived uh, by the university when they made this decision, or maybe it was well conceived 
by the university because there was no consultation leading up to this. No one had any idea that this program was going to be dropped. And then when it was announced, the players had 30 minutes, 30 minutes to go uh, and, and meet up in a, in a uh, theater with the athletic director and the VP Provo to tell them that that the program had been uh, had been shuttered. And that was at the start of their exams. These kids were in the middle of exams when this was happening. Oh. Like, I, instead of having mental health officers on hand, they they had uh, they had security guards on hand, and then they handed them a, a pamphlet saying, "Oh, here, here's how to get some mental health help as you go out the door." It's been incredibly insensitive, incredibly callous, poorly managed. Uh, the, the communications department of Simon Fraser was absent for about 16 days. The great thing about it is, you know, from, from our perspective, I've been running point on the media campaign for this. Uh, we were able to drive a truck just in a straight line, straight up a, uh, a Saskatchewan highway with this and establish the, uh, establish the narrative on this thing. So, you know, it, it, it's it, it leaves me somewhat speechless in terms of how the university has managed this. They, they're they're not living, they're 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 not uh, they're they're not walking the walk and they're not talking the talk. Whether you agree with their decision or not, whether you know you think there should, the football program should be there or not, at least from a communications and a branding standpoint, if you're going to make a decision. At least be confident with it, communicate it well, and stick to it. Like, even if the answer is, we don't want our university to be a university with a football program. We'll hate you, but at least, you know, we, we don't want a football program. Or at least say what's on your mind, what you're really thinking, or what the real decision is. It's just frustrating to get all the corporate speak. Look, we only have, you know, about a minute left here. Um, what's the best outcome for SFU? Is it to come up and, and play football and become, a, 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 you know, a U-sports school? Or is it to continue to pave the way as Canada's lone NCAA school? The best outcome for SFU right now as an, as an institution, and I think the best outcome for these 95 uh, student athletes and their coaching staff is to avoid court on the third and, and find a back channel here uh, to avoid the, the vision and the specter of a university facing five young athletes in court saying, you've broken a contract. Uh, in terms of a reputation hit, I can't think of anything worse, uh, quite frankly. Find a way around this, walk back a terrible decision, and then go on the road of playing an independent schedule, I think, in, in this year as they're still sanctioned as a Division II team, and, and dive in and, and work with U Sports, work with Canada West, and find a path for affiliate status for your football program. That's where the answer is here. Yeah. Jim, a real treat. Thanks for coming on. We're following very, very closely. You can follow Jim Mullen, president of Football Canada, on uh, on social media, on Twitter. He's following this every day. Would you say $700,000 raised? Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and dupes, I'm sorry the phone rang three times. It's kind of the territory these days. I would expect nothing less. It's going to ring from me uh, at some point here soon, too. So uh, all the best, Jim. We'll be in touch. 
Jim Mullen, president of Football Canada, and a great update on the SFU situation following that very, very closely. One segment left in hour one, then Jared Dumba joins us in hour two, and we're going to get back into the NHL playoffs and start looking ahead. Two games tonight, but we're really going to look ahead to Thursday. So Jets fans, Leafs fans, buckle up. We're going to get into both those series coming up uh, a little bit later on. Okay, get your comments in because it's you and I, short viewer takeover segment on the other side. RP Show live from the Delta Marriott in Saskatoon. RP Show on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and wherever you get your podcasts. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. PlayNow.com is Saskatchewan's only legal gambling site. A site with hundreds of slot games, your favorite live table games, and the PlayNow Sportsbook. Head over to www.playnow.com slash rpshow to claim your $50 casino reward. That's www.playnow.com slash rpshow for your $50 casino reward. PlayNow.com 19 plus, use your game sense. Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now back to the studio with Rod. All right, we got no time left, so we'll say we'll see you next hour. Jared Dumba is logging in as we speak, and he'll be ready to go for hour two. Jets fans, Leafs fans, stick around. We are absolutely going to talk Jets and Leafs. We'll get to the poll question, and we'll answer all your questions. So stick around. Fill up your coffee. The Rod Peterson Show is back after the break. YouTube, Game Plus, wherever you happen to get your podcasts. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. 